Welcome to Trades, Tools, and Talks, the podcast powered by Simpro. In this episode, we catch up with Donovan Crowey, who is the managing director of the Singapore-based company, Saintronics. They specialize in the testing and commissioning of metro, high-speed, and light rail vehicles within Asia. We chat with Donovan about how he saw a gap in the market for creating the company and how he found new technologies to grow Saintronics to what it is today. Let's check it out. So if you could just start by um, telling us a little bit about your business. The company name is Saintronics. Um, we deal with the railway industry. So we provide uh, testing and commissioning of the new trains. So we support testing and commission of new trains, uh, mostly in China, where they're manufactured, uh, before they're shipped to Singapore. And then when they arrive to Singapore, we will continue doing uh, routine testing. So in China, we do type testing. And when the train comes to Singapore, we do routine testing before they're handed over to the Singapore government and then they're allowed to go into service. Um, so that's one part of the business. Um, the next part of the business is the after-sales market. So we have a close, uh, working closely with the train operators, uh, providing after-sales after services, um, doing a lot of the repair work, a lot of testing locally, and supporting the customer with technical issues uh, currently in Singapore and Southeast Asia. Uh, and also, we are supporting some German companies um, who has who has presence here in Southeast Asia. And um, when there is uh, some some project that needs um, some technical uh, assistance, uh, we will we'll provide that for them as well. So it's, it's we have the railway industry, which is the main business, and then also the industrial business, which is we've just picked up as a as a business uh, recently. How long have you been sort of in that industry? How long has the business been going for? When was it? Um, we, we started in 2018. Was it kind of always in the same format from its um, inception? I, I presume there's probably been changes along the way since then, but um, was it always geared towards the rail industry? Uh, yes, always geared towards the railway industry. I mean, we started off as um, purely doing rail services. Um, but part of the company is also uh, the testing commissioning part, which we managed to secure projects because of COVID, because the team in Singapore could not uh, could not enter China during COVID. So during the COVID time, uh, we were testing the trains during COVID in China. And what's your what's your role within the business as well? I'm the managing director. Generate all the the how was it, the the business for the company uh, work and basically. Do everything, work out the margins and do all the forecasting. So it's everyday running of the business, including accounting. A lot, a lot of stuff to do then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like to, it's easier to control everything if I know yeah. exactly what the business is doing. Yeah, definitely. I can see that side of it. Was it founded by yourself or was there sort of yeah, founders? Yeah. Uh, no, founded by myself. Yeah. Um, okay. I basically saw a gap in the market. I mean, the, I was working for a German company. We had projects in Singapore, um, and then when when the unit fails, it's removed from the train and then shipped all the way back to Germany. And it, the lead time was like a six month repair time. So I saw this gap and I thought, okay, wh why don't we just do this locally in Singapore? And this is when I approached the operators here in Singapore. We agreed um, on some terms and conditions with regarding to the price with a guaranteed repair time of seven days. 
Oh, okay. So now, like, so now the customer it takes takes it for granted in a way because they could just call, say, "Have this problem? When can you come in to to do the repairs?" And it's it's like it's it's very quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds like you um, pitched a good gap in the market there. <laughs> yeah. And when you were sort of um, in the initial stages of the business, like, how did you initially run? The business operations was it like through paper and pen and spreadsheets or yes very, <laughs> i don't want to go back to that no. era, but yeah. so i had like excel i had excel i had word i had some folders with like the repair reports in so the customer would come to me and say oh they claim warranty and i was like oh well when did we did that repair then i need to go through all the folders find the re repair reports with that serial number it's it was basically a nightmare really um, difficult same with like the purchase orders or the quotations i would it was it was all in folders but i still had to search for everything and then i would forget the purchase order number or the, the rfq number so it was it was really difficult at the beginning yeah that sounds like i can imagine that's a lot of stuff especially when you're on paper trying to find all the documents yeah. and finding where everything is but um did you have like how many employees did you have sort of initially upon set up and um so actually i still don't have any employees we have two local directors okay. um but um most of the work is outsourced so even for the labor like um, we've we've trained um uh, some engineers to do some uh, repair work for us except for china i had local employees in china during that project phase but not anymore it was just like uh, a project specific um, job, basically. So when the project finished, the employment finished. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like contracting work ish. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and as like obviously we kind of briefly touched on it just now, but as you kind of um, grew a little bit more, and now that we're five years into your business, was there like any specific? problems you saw like arising as you were dealing with like the current processes that you had it's all i mean the the, the customer would email me the like the, they'll email me a request for a quotation and then i send out a quotation i do it all manually on words then they if they accept the offer um they would send me a purchase order and then sometimes i miss the purchase order and then i get an email from a customer saying oh so when, when are you delivering this um this component and then oh I lost the um basically i lost the email so it's it's um it's not very good I is there any other like sort of systems or tools that you've used um before adopting simpro or did you try anything else no i did um so i, I attend a lot of conferences uh, a lot of expeditions um and i did come across a company uh, mm -hmm. and of course there was like aspire and other companies um but they had to build everything up from the ground, basically, purely for my my business. They didn't have like a sort of like a template or anything. So we, we spoke like before COVID um, and then during COVID, we, we sort of like did back and forth emails. They gave me a demo account, but I find it wasn't suitable for my business, basically. And I didn't like the interface. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, that was my next question. Was there something specific that? Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was not like like Simpro. That's great. Um, so before getting adopting Simpro, um, was there something like a specific incident or 
anything that happened that kind of broke straw that broke the camel's back um in terms of like right we need to change the processes we need to do something was there anything specific or was it sort of an oh, amalgamation? i mean but it's basically missing paperwork i mean one of them was like i said the email problem um the next problem was trying to customers trying to claim warranty and i need to to uh how to say i just need to verify and trying to do the verification because it costs money to to do warranties free of charge so to verify this it, it could take me a day and then um i have different computers and it's stored on a different laptop so it's it was really challenging trying to uh, find the repair report which to to how to say to validate the warranty the warranty claims mm -hmm. oh, yeah can you remember when you signed up for Simpro? how long you've had it now oh um i was at the accounting there was accounting road show here in singapore mm. uh, that i went to and of course i i, I met peter um and I, of course i visited all the different companies that was offering uh, like an all-in-one solution uh, and I just felt that Simpro had what I was exactly looking for in regards to the um, the interface itself and the I would say the simplicity of being able to just generate reports quite easily. Was it sort of um, this year that you signed that you implemented Simpro? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was this year. So once you had sort of, how did you find the implementation and the training around the product very straightforward training very straightforward i picked up picked it up very very quick i think i was up and running within two weeks i mean i don't have a big huge database it's mainly um getting in all the part numbers the pricing the validation the the, the valid relativity date for the spare parts that was the major one and also putting in customer assets that makes sense yeah there's a lot of um ground to cover when you kind of dive into the product really isn't there but um once you've kind of been up and obviously now you've been i know it's only been this year but since you've been up and running with simpro um is there any specific benefits or um improvements you've noticed um, within workflows or processes yes um one one big thing is uh the customer assets so some of the the, the asset belong to the customer but some of the repairs was it was done by my company but we only charge labor costs it was uh abb in germany who um was responsible for the repairs and they they of course they outsourced it to my company so uh inside of the assets i can see who's responsible who is the responsibility company for that particular asset like just recently the operator has claimed warranty for eight units and i can easily go into simpro click on the assets numbers, and then I can see clearly see who is responsible. So that has saved me a lot of time, which means I can do a claim to ABB in Germany. That That's one of the, the good things about the asset management. Um, being able to create a lead. Um, so like, for example, I've had a customer come to me saying they're interested in a test bench. Um, so I'll create a lead. And then once I've once the, I'll follow up with uh, ABB or the internal design, um, at least from most of the leads are, I would say 90% of the leads are converted into jobs. So um, 
I like the the process of, of being able to convert a lead into a job and then the job into a uh, actual or even into a, a quotation because sometimes I will get an RFQ but I'm waiting on the um, the lead time from from the supplier in Germany so during this time I'll create a, a lead then once I have the uh, the lead time and the price valid the the pricing then we'll create the um, the quotation for uh, the customer here in Singapore. So it's very uh, the process is very straightforward now. So everything is linked. So like I can link from the quotation, I can link it, and if if I get a purchase order, I can link it to the job, and then convert the job into an invoice. So it's very say, very smoothly done now, and and also it's it's nice that I can attach like the documents. For example, the delivery note from my supplier um, the uh, repair reports I can attach it to the assets so all of this is a real good benefit so now I can just go into an asset and I can see okay when was it repaired who is responsible I can see the test results uh, I can see the, the, the physical repair report uh, and when it was accepted by the customer and before I couldn't see this I couldn't couldn't really I didn't have this overview so I guess it all kind of seamlessly works as one workflow, doesn't it? So, and also, um, at least now I can see from a business point of view, what is my forecast? What is my uh, margins? What is my profit for that year? So it, it's really nice to be able to see this. And because of Simpro, I had to adjust my margins because after I saw like, after I saw, oh, why is my margin so low? So I was quite disappointed with myself because um after adopting simpro when i saw one of my uh one of the quotations i gave was actually not good enough the margin is so low it's like it's not even worth dealing with this because during that time when i was doing the calculation i don't know what happened but um at least now i can my margins i can set the margins on particular items and um at least i can see after I sell this product to the customer or do this job for the customer, I can see exactly what is my PNL. It's definitely good for that analyzing with the reports and analyzing all the costs and stuff like that. Um, and see how that will benefit. Has there been any? Have you got any like it's not data and stuff, but like metrics or some kind of KPIs and success that you've seen like with Simpro around? I don't know, maybe um, like increasing profits and. Oh, Maybe increased I mean, communication in staff and well actually no, I guess you don't, yeah, you've only got years. <laughs> no, but I, I but I did have a PA, um, mm -hmm. a part-time oh, yeah. and it was very it was very useful. She could log in, she could like set reminders. So every time I log in, okay, I have a reminder there. This needs to be oh, this is one thing I also like. As mm. soon as I log in, I can see the reminders. Oh, this is overdue, this invoice is overdue, or this shipment is overdue. And then it's easy for me to follow up on the on these um, these issues and also the scheduling. I can see okay when when have I scheduled this job uh, and when, when, who needs to be there. So this is um, it's it's very it's very time consuming. I would say I don't have to use a notebook and keep writing down. Okay, I need to do this today. I need to do that. I can log in, look at the notifications, look at the outstanding jobs. Uh, look at the outstanding invoices, and then I can have an overview of the of the business. So for the BI, um, 
so basically I have a sales target for this year. And so that is my matrix. I have a sell target and versus my invoiced. And I also have one where it's uh, current jobs, basically. So it's very good to see where the business will be at the end of the financial year, which is uh, end of October. Yeah, having that visibility, I guess, gives you a lot of insight into where you're, <clears throat> where you can change things and thing and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yes. If someone was sort of, if you were chatting to a friend or a colleague, and they had seen some pro and they thought, oh, this looks great, but they're kind of on the fence about it. Is there anything specific you would sort of say, you know, this this is a reason why I would go for Simpro sort of thing? Was it kind of all of those things? Um, I just spoke with one of one of my colleagues today about Simpro. Oh, yeah. And so so basically I have like I already organized a demonstration for him on Monday. Um, mm. and I was explaining everything. He's also a business owner. Um, he's doing everything manually. And I was just telling him, I told him like the headache I had with all this paperwork and everything, and it's integrated into Ciro because he's also using Ciro. Um, and I was just explaining to him like the, the flow, the processes, and he, he wasn't on the fence. He was, he was really interested in this, um, in the software itself because he can see the benefits by having this also. It's also easy for spare parts. If, because I get a lot of requests for quotations, and now I have all the spare parts inside of the, the platform with the pricing. If I don't have a valid price, then of course I need to get the pricing from the supplier in Germany, and then I'll input the pricing. But once it's there, it's very easy to, you know, like for example, if I have a request for a quotation today, I can easily do it in a few minutes and then send back out to the customer. I don't have to think about it, just the part number. And everything is all there. Send it out. Bash, bash, instead, bash, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of going to my Excel sheet and looking, oh, the partner, I do a search. Okay, the pricing is on another place, and it's yeah. Yeah, you're not rifling through like a hundred different formulas or documents yeah, to give you one answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, that's one of the things. Um, with Simpro, you get the kind of central hub where everything is connected. So that's nice. It's good to hear um was there any like uh when you first sort of going back a bit now um were there any sort of losses you had in the beginning um that you could see sort of if things were different if you had simpro maybe it might not have been the same way or any particular losses you had from the business side uh, or yeah i would say if i had simpro earlier on i would have made uh, a lot more profit because my I would have understand my margins a lot better than than just checking it on on, on Excel. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> so, like for example, before Simpro, I have I, I had a, a quite a huge order. Um, you're talking about like three hundred thousand euros worth. Um, but when I put that into Simpro now, it looks like that is a big mistake. There's such a small, it's such a big order, and I make such a small profit on it. So I'm very disappointed with that. But um, it's a lesson learned. Um, and of course, now when I do quotations, I can clearly see, I can clearly see everything now within Simbro. I wouldn't say I lost money, but I hardly make any money basically on that. Yeah, order. I get what you mean. Like you could yeah. have made more basically. But yeah, that's all. 
Still rolling on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Trades, Tools, and Talks. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's get to work. We'll talk to you later.